mark the radio dial setting at GameZillaMedia.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. GameZilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. GameZilla Alpha. Welcome to GameZilla Alpha, and do we have a doozy for you. The dust is settling on E3 2018. Hmm. E3 2018, you say? Yeah, that's what I said. So, like... That's 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 Excalibur, right? That's it's all about like swords and which ones you can buy and and what type of fencing gear you can wear and and stuff, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then like you can test it all out on the floor and like poke people with swords and you know go to jail. Well, you don't have to poke them with swords. You can poke them with other things. Oh, other things like. Foam axes. Ah, yes. Foam. I forgot all about the foam axes. You're right. Those are very popular this year. I don't know what you were thinking. Electronic Expo <laughs> E3 2018. <sighs> it is wrapping up. It has been a busy week here at GameZilla. And we want to recap it. We just feel like, you know, we haven't talked about video games enough, so we need to talk about more. Yeah, we've only given people like six shows about this. Why not one more? Yeah, and like 20 blogs. So, you know, there's probably 20 more coming out, but we're going to do another show on it anyways. Yeah. And I'm not even going to write a description for this show because you're tired of reading our shit. <laughs> we probably should still write a description. Oh, okay. But welcome to the E3 yeah. special. Do we Are we giving this... We should probably give this one an episode, right? Is this episode... Yeah, uh, no, it's 50, episode 58. 58. This is legit our next episode. I know we weren't giving episodes to the uh, GameZilla special yeah. coverage live PlayStation Microsoft, Nintendo. Yeah, I don't know who those guys huh. think they are. Just can yeah, they record like three extra shows and just have them count towards their overall RSS. Like, dumb. Yeah, those guys are us. But hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, welcome to episode 58. Are we sure it's 58? Did you confirm that? Confirmed. Might be 59. Could be. Might be 50. It's not 57. I know that. Welcome to 58 or 59. <laughs> Anyways, this is GameZilla Alpha, where we're going to focus on E3. We're going to recap uh, what happened to E3. We're going to give you who won, who lost, and then we're also going to probably give you our f- who you know stole the show, our favorite individual award, um, and then uh, you know we'll fit a few things in between all that, but... Let's uh, let's dive right into it and start off with uh, all the major. We're gonna go through the major uh, platform here. Electronic Arts started off Saturday and wanted to show off, you know, some things like Battlefield Five, the new FIFA, you know, the things you expect from to see from uh, EA every every year. But they did close off the show with something that was an important piece of E3 this year, and that was Anthem. You know, we got we got. Uh, 
acquainted with Anthem last year when they when they revealed it. We got excited about it, but we didn't get to see everything we wanted to see out of Anthem, and we thought this year was going to be that year that uh, really we found out that how cool Anthem was going to be. And we did. We got a little bit. We got we got some new stuff and we got to see uh, some of the some of the mechanics and the multiplayer and we learned about how it was going to be a hybrid of, of multiplayer and single player and that's how Bioware is gonna keep their keep the feel of Bioware style games in this game. But overall, it kind of felt like I wanted more. There wasn't enough here yeah. for a game that's supposed to come out early next year. Yeah, February 22nd, 2019. <laughs> I thought that this was your opportunity, Bioware, to basically like make us pre-order your game. Yeah, and I mean, I'm still pre- I still pre-ordered the game. So I mean, for me, I'm still super hyped for this game. These nothing I saw here at E3 scared me, and everything that I read about people that are like, the flying feels perfect. Mm-hmm. You know everything, every, like the way, and they're like, we were worried it was gonna feel like my, uh, like Mass Effect as far as you know sh- the the battling sequences, and it didn't, and felt better, you know, and things like that. So you know nothing steered me away from it, but yeah. at the same time, I wanted more. And this this might be like completely out of left field, but for me, like, if you would asked me this like four or five years ago, I would have been like, man, you know, just give me a sick ass trailer that's gonna make me want to play this game. And now, older Jazzy is kind of like that guy that that almost likes the way Bethesda does it, where it's like, hey, here's a trailer, and then we're gonna have somebody come out and talk you into this next amazing piece, which we have a trailer. Oh wait, and then we're gonna tell you about this next piece of our game, which also has a trailer. Like, I almost kind of like the building into what the game has to offer that is unique and then showing it to us versus, hey, here's a cool trailer and you got to pick all that out yourself. Yes and no, because I think I can name two games right now that you could that you could agree on both sides of that is that though you thought the division did that well, I could also sit here and say that maybe Smash Brothers, you didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I guess it's true. So I mean, I, I think guess there, maybe not appreciate because the presentation of it's still the same. I the, I mean, I, if we're gonna be completely honest, like I get lost in that whole translation from Japanese into American, anyways. So like, it's very difficult for me to follow a lot of that. Um, so I think that the way they presented it is still unique, and I still like that way. It's just the game itself was more interesting to me with the division right. versus smash and then something about that translation that nintendo has to do because they do a lot of their stuff in japanese yeah i think i'm just referencing that it's a sweet spot you can overdo it and you can underdo oh, it. oh yeah and I'm, so yep, i can agree with that yeah uh anthem i felt to me was a little underwhelming i wanted a little bit more we did find out some things like pvp is not going to be there day one and I'm okay with it because they want the and one main reason they said was they want to drive story. They want to drive co- uh, cooperative play. And so if those things are true and they deliver something that doesn't have six hours of content and then there's no in-game content like we've had in the past, then yeah, I'm 100% okay with that. And you can add PvP later on if you want. But um, I've always been that fan of jumping on Gears of War, finding a friend or, you know, or multiple friends for certain Gears of War and 
playing cooperative through the story before I even bother to look at the PvP when I know it's there, when I know a story is there that I want. So with that being said, um, I was okay with it. But I just to me, it, was, it wasn't enough. We got like one mission, and that was also the mission that people got to play, and that was it. And I'm just like, man, this game comes out in February. I just, you know, like, and I know you can release more information as time goes on, but, like, we there's a lot we didn't find out about, and that's partially, slightly concerning, because you wonder why they're, they're not delivering it. Is it not ready? Or, you know, are they just being secretive and they want to keep it close to the chest, which is fine, too. Um, but we'll see, you know? And, and that was EA. You know, EA ended, I still felt good about Anthem. I still was like, all right, Anthem really had a good showing. Um, let's move on. And that led us into Sunday afternoon um, with Microsoft. Yes. Good old Phil. So Microsoft was the company that like, I took ownership on a lot of the coverage here at GameZilla. And because I had a feeling, I, I really thought Microsoft was going to come out swinging. I just didn't expect it to be this epic. <laughs> I mean... I'm just going to, I wrote, I wrote a blog on and I did, I did a lot of coverage and, and my title was the best Xbox conference, EA, or sorry, conference period in the Xbox One's generation. This is the yeah. best stage presence Microsoft has had during this generation of console. They just went off. And I mean, 50 plus video games. Yeah, 18 exclusives, Yes, 15 world premieres, mm -hmm. all on the stage in a matter of, what, two hours tops? And it was just, it, it was like a mind-melting experience in a very great way. And they start off the whole show, no one even takes the stage. It just kicks in, and boom, Halo. Halo Infinite. And yep. I'm like, okay, we're just going <laughs> to, we're just starting this off big, and... It followed up with Ori, Ori and the Will of the Wisps and a lot of gameplay and all this stuff. But Halo was just a teaser trailer. And with a simple, you know, Phil took the stage. He's like, that's Halo. It's uh, being worked on. We can't wait to tell you. We can't wait to show you more. Let's move on. And I was like, I, and it was enough. It was like, like you said, you want as much, like when it came to Anthem, you wanted more. But when right. it came to Halo and you know, like, you know, the game's not ready. It was perfect. Oh, yeah. I don't want it, you. I mean, if Halo was coming out in February of next year and they gave me that, yeah. I would have like been like, this is a joke. Yeah. But I mean, it was perfect. Then they move into Ori, a game that we didn't know when it was coming out. Find out 2019. And they do show us gameplay. And it is everything you remember of Ori in the Blind Forest, except with new characters, new mechanics, you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Same, Not just any new characters, okay? It's an owl. It's a little baby owl that... An owl. That, yeah. I, I, I know without any spoilers, in case you didn't play the first game or you're in the middle of the first game because you're so excited about this game, it, it clearly has connections to the first game. That is all I'm saying. There is clearly some connections going on. Um, so that is um, very exciting. 2019 Moon Studios. Love, love the guys over there. So that was really cool. We got to see... Um, you know what game do you want to talk about from the micro? I can't name all fifty. So what what do you want to talk about from the I Microsoft? Uh, <laughs> we don't need to name see. them all. <laughs> talk about one you want to talk about. Because I because I'm going to talk about a couple more, but I, I don't want to hog all the mic time. Um, I don't want to pull too many out that were just world premieres. And 
I will say this. I don't want to give Microsoft too like when when they're like world premiere and everybody's like, oh my god, this is the first time we're so like, okay. Some of these games are cross-platform, and Microsoft runs their conference first every year. So, like, let's not make too big of a deal about world premieres, because if they go first, they have the ability to get these people to allow them to show their game first. Well, I'm still going to give them credit, because uh, they, they they get the time slot. Okay, first of all, they got to somehow get that time slot to go first. Right. And second of all, they got to convince someone that, hey, yeah, we go first. What's it matter if I'm somebody that shows my shows my stuff on the PlayStation platform or the Xbox platform if I'm cross-platform. It doesn't matter if I'm first or third or second. If, if I'm if I'm about to show off a game that you care about, you're going to watch. Yeah. So, I don't know. Microsoft must have done something to get some of these people on stage. Right. Um, I'll talk about three. I'm going to leave them all exclusives, but I'm going to leave the ones that you want to talk about to you. So, let me talk about... I'll talk about Crackdown 3. Okay. We've heard about Crackdown for, like, the past, it seems like, four years now. Yeah, 42 years, <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> Um, we finally get a date, February of 2019, this game looks amazing, and then, as if they didn't take Terry, right? Terry Crews, yep. Terry Crews. At first, you were like, oh, he voiced the trailer, this is cool, whatever. Now it looks like they've literally just put him in the game. Yeah, he's... The he's, character looks like him, sounds like him, acts like him, moves like him, like... It, it's yeah. just... He's in the game now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they realized the popularity of, of Terry Crews needed to be, uh, you know, used more in this video game. And, it, the you know, from, from the only other trailers that we've been able to see of it compared to this year's trailer... Yeah, you, it, everything seems cleaner. Everything seems, you know, it seems like a better game. I know there's a lot of um, critics out there that are that are kind of negative towards this, but overall, I think for a game that clearly was having some major issues and got to that point where we weren't even sure if, we were, if it was going to be a game anymore, it looks like they have, you know, pieced the puzzle back together. And from the parts that we saw at this E3, it looks like a Crackdown game. So if you're a fan of Crackdown, I think you're going to like this game. If you don't know what the hell it is, you know, then maybe it's not a it's not as big of a seller in that sense. It's not a system seller, but it is a like if it's anything like a Crackdown game, it's going to be a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh next one I'm going to talk about is um this past year when I bought my Xbox One X the first game that I you that I purchased, you stole one of mine. Did you, did you want to no, talk you to go, that one? No, go for it. We can talk about it together. This is a this is a cooperative experience here. It was Forza Seven, and this game was gorgeous, but I burnt out of it really quick because it's a racing game. Because it's, it's a not simulation racing simulation game. racing game. And I'm sure if we put more time into it, we probably would have got a lot more enjoyment sure. out of it. But we kind of got burnt out on it. Set it aside. Other stuff came up. But Forza Horizon Four. Yep. That is coming out this October. Super pumped. Is everything I could possibly want in a racing game. Yeah. The the co-op, the season change, the elements, the Well, first of all, time out. We don't the, go we don't go co-op. This is a open world shared world <laughs> game. Yeah, that you could play it's co-op. Co-op. Yeah. Don't don't undersell it, Jazzy. <laughs> this is the first time for this IP to do this. This is like taking, you know, The Crew, which was a game that Ubisoft did and it was popular and The Crew 2's around the corner and now Ubi and now Microsoft's like, "Well, yeah, you can play The Crew or we have Forza Horizon 4 over here, which I love the Horizon series. I played I played a ton of three, and it's a fun arcade style racer, but with the same beauty of the sta- of, of the traditional simulator Forza. So you're getting all that, 
plus the fun aspect and this look this looked amazing i mean from dune buggy racing to motorcycles flying around the place to to like you said the seasons um changing the aspects of the world where races will open up running across the lake in the winter because the lake is frozen but during the summer that lake's just a lake and you drive around it right so i mean like things like that are really cool um i can't wait to get i cannot wait this is the, probably been the most like besides them releasing the hd like remake of burnout paradise this is probably one of the most excited moments for a racing game i've had in a long long time yep i can honestly say probably the most excited moment for me because I haven't played a lot of the the racers in the past, so God, I think it was SNES was the last time I had a racing game that I like put a lot of time into. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Man, we we all know that you're you're a big fan of N sixty four Beetle Adventure Racing. Okay, we know. Man, uh, man, man. Anyways, my next game and last game out of Microsoft. Um, for me, it's I'm gonna try it for sure. Um, if you would have asked high school me, I would have been all about this game because I played a crap ton of these games back in high school. Haven't really picked them up since then, but it's kind of what everybody wanted in Session, which is a new skating game that they don't have a release date for. Creature Studios have come up with something that looks very similar to Skate. Yeah, I mean, everyone was, everyone, everyone, skate. <laughs> everyone about shit their pants when they saw a skateboard on the screen, and then the, and then it ended with session, and we were like, oh, this isn't Skate 4. But still, a new skateboard game is exciting because Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 was hot trash. So we're still waiting for this generation's skateboard game because skate the Skate series is still super popular. People love that series. So, yeah, they want more. And uh, maybe they're getting it. We'll we'll find out more as this game progresses. But it did look good. It looked cool. Yeah. So, um, you know that leaves that leaves my my big point would be um, gears. So yeah, we don't got to talk about gears. Yeah, you know, like who cares about gears of war? It's yeah. not like it's a big franchise or anything. Crap game. Gears of war. <laughs> it was something that like I don't know. Like I was like I maybe we'll see something, but I doubt we'll see that much. Is kind of what my mind thought. And then like gears starts and there's this cog on the wall and it starts getting busted out and I'm like oh my god it's gears it's gears. And then a Funko Pop busts out through the wall and I'm like, wait. What is this? And then another Funko Pop comes through, and finally a third one, and then they, they like hear something, they turn around, they see three other Funko Pops, and they start battling each other. And then it just says, Gears Pops. Sorry, Gears Pop. And that's it. And it's basically an iOS, Android mobile game with Funko and Microsoft teaming up with the Gears franchise. And I was like, Honestly, I'm not a mobile guy, but this actually got me excited because I was like, "Is this like going to be like a three v three type mobile game? I might be, I'm, I might be okay with this." And then, uh, you know, the uh, they they get they get some people on stage to start talking about gears, and they go right into a second announcement of Gears Tactics, which is uh, the return of gears to PC, but in a more you know in a tactics turn based fighting style but where they're you know and i'm not a tactics guy either so i'm like all right cool i mean i like seeing that they're doing more with the franchise but i'm you know these aren't my style of games so i don't know how much i'll enjoy them but they did like talk about how they are really trying to keep the brutality and, and, and speed of gears in this so 
how they do that, I don't. Well, only again, time will tell. But right now, uh, they did show us a few clips of the game. It looked cool, uh, you know. And that's when I'm like, all right, yeah, they're just, you know, they're just expanding the IP like they did with Halo. They're, you know, they're 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 breaking it away from the core game. That's cool. I want to see more gears. Maybe that means a movie's on the way down the road. But we weren't done yet, and that's when all of a sudden Iced Overcog shows up, and I'm like. And then the number five, and I'm like, oh my god, they're actually going to talk about Gears 5. But I was wrong. They weren't going to just talk about Gears 5. <laughs> they were going to show us a lengthy gameplay clip with, with cinematic cutscenes. So we got a good idea of where this game is headed and, and like the concept of the story, and we found out it's coming out next year. And I'm just like, holy hell. I instantly was just was like speechless. I'm like, okay, well, we find out that Kate, you know, uh, character that got introduced the last in the last game, Gears of War four. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm gonna try to stay away from major plot lines. But she's in this game, and you are really following her, and you're following her because there's something going on with her that and she needs to figure it out. It's related to you know. It's related to the bad guys, the locusts. It's you know, it's related to what's going on in the story. And if you've played four, you know exactly what's going on. But um, it's interesting because it is clearly sl- at least slightly in the future because a lot of the characters that you recognize from four have a lot of you know battle damage and they and they just have an older look to them, like they've aged a bit, uh, including JD Phoenix. You know, Marcus is still is still hanging out. Uh, Marcus Phoenix, his dad, and you know you have um, those two trying to talk her into coming back to base, and she she doesn't want to. And JD, who was like super cool with her in four, was kind of like there's like a rift between them, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Plus, he's got this crazy thing on his arm that that he's using to compress his arm, and you can see that he's in pain, and like you're like, what the hell happened to him between? the end of four and the and and this clip so there's a lot going on there but nonetheless we have to see gameplay it looked really cool uh they set the scene with the story where we're kind of like oh man what's gonna happen and they kind of kind of they kind of teased where it's gonna you're gonna have two story arcs that you're gonna go down this road you're gonna go down this you know this kate road and then you're also gonna go down the phoenix path to uh you know kind of bridge i think and then maybe they bridge back together at the end i don't know but man i i i really didn't think we'd see gears 5 just because i mean gears 4 hasn't it hasn't been that long and for a game like that the the turnaround time has generally been longer so um at the best i thought we were going to get a tease like a real real basic tease maybe more like a halo infinite tease right instead we got a lot more with the with the you know so far the commitment to a 2019 launch, which will probably be, you know, general uh, gear stuff is late in the year. So, you know, we'll probably see an October, November release of this. So we'll we'll get another dose of gears at next year's E3. Yeah. I thought for sure, especially after they dropped Gears Pop and Gears Tactics, I was like, oh, there's no way they're dropping Gears 5. Like, they yeah. got these two other Gears games, like, this is what this is going to be their dose of gears that they're going to give us. But nope, then they dropped this trailer. And let me tell you something about what Microsoft did with this trailer. That is probably the best 
thing that they could do with a trailer, all right? The second I was done watching this, and I'm not a Gears guy, all right? I haven't played any of the Gears games. I've made mention that I would like to go play the Gears games, and it interests me because you guys always talk about it, and it sounds really cool. I get done watching this trailer, and I instantly look over, and I go, i got to play Gears now. I have yeah. to play one through four so that I know what the hell is going on. Like yep. The trailer does such a good job of getting sucked into the storyline, but not only does it do that, it forces you to want to go back and learn about that storyline so you can get to that point of like, okay, now I'm caught up. Now I can understand what's going on. Yeah, Gears is a good story. If you've never given it a, a shot like Jazzy, you, you need to you need to because it is a it's a fun ride for sure. And I'm looking forward to this next installment. Um I don't want to spend too much more time, you know, because we've cut you know, you can listen to the uh the Games Little Podcast episodes to get your breakdown of each of each uh you know show entirely, but we want to just hit these bullet points. Microsoft came out and they just they swung for for the fences and they and they crushed it right so they come out with that so many video games they don't spend really any time on like mixer or anything like they spend a little bit of time on game pass but they drop things like you're getting fallout 4 today you're getting the division one elder scrolls online all the uh all available on game pass now and then they showed like future games that are coming out how they're going to be day one access on game pass so they just they they wanted to show that game pass is even more valuable, and they're working on it every day to make it better, yeah. and that's that's huge. So, um, not to mention the big news out of Microsoft is the thing that we always complain about: they don't have any exclusivity, and all the other systems haven't beat. And then they come and drop that they decide to buy five studios. Yeah, so exactly, <laughs> you know, they basically took their six studios they had and they added five more studios, you know, and again, you can listen to the podcast if you want to learn about what studios they are and what they do, but they just expanded their their first party team, they almost doubled it. So, uh, you know, with that being said, they also announced 18 exclusives this show, which compared to other, you know, other companies, they beat out everyone. When it comes to here's all the exclusives we want to show you. So overall, they did a fantastic job. Some really cool stuff. Really made me proud to be an Xbox uh, owner and fan. And uh, you know, we we're gonna we're gonna rate everything at the end here. But it was it was a hell of a showing for Xbox. We're gonna follow that up with Square Square Enix took the uh, stage, and that's all I got to say. They took the stage. I don't even know why they decided to pay the money for a stage. They had they didn't show what they needed to show, and and it was unbelievable. There's no Final Fantasy VII uh, remake, period. And I'm like, okay, they're gonna show it at Sony or something, right? But it wasn't on Square Enix stage. All it was was another Kingdom Hearts talking about um, Octopath Traveler, which is fine. That's a cool game, and people are excited for it. But again, I just feel like you could have split that up between. You know, different um, different presentations that other that the big you know council companies were having, and you could have saved yourself a buttload of money because you did not need to be on stage. Right? Do you have anything to say about Square Enix? No, absolutely not. After that was Ubisoft. Ubisoft took the stage, and they did have some stuff to show. Uh, but I think we're only going to really focus on what Jazzy wants to talk about. Division two. That's right. So why don't you tell us about it? Oh my gosh, this game. So. We get a teaser trailer for it during the Microsoft cons- conference, and I'm instantly like, oh my god, this is the Division 1, but better, right? The graphics look cooler. Shocker. The cutscene the cut that they show um, with, like, 
uh, fighting around a downed uh, Air Force One like jet that's just kind of Pre- like yeah, the president's jet. Yeah, landed in the middle of Washington D.C. here, and um, the mechanics around like the way that this heavily armed bad guy you're trying to take him down. Just everything looks so like I don't want to say fresh and new because I think the end of Division One we got a lot of this, but it's just. It feels upgraded, right? It feels like the game is better. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, the the um, engine that it's running on has been. You can see that it's, that they're they're more comfortable with it now, and they're pushing they're pushing it more. They're able to do more with it. And you know, yeah, we got to see a really cool clip. The but you know, the game's in Washington D.C. You know, now we know that it's something we didn't know. Um, the the. Uh, mechanic, or sorry, not the mechanics, the the OS, the the menu systems. You know, watching someone be able to quickly switch out their load up and stuff like that uh, without having to like dive through four different menus to get there, like in the old game. That's something that was that was still a little crutch that that Division One was dealing with, and they've and they had made it better, but they've made it even better in Division Two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we, and then we found out at Ubisoft about you know even more stuff like raids. Yeah, and it's and like the, oh, and cool. Then, yeah, we get four- at the yeah, at the Ubisoft event, we get raids. Yep, and we get specializations. So one of the big things that I had a problem with in in the Division One is I got to level cap, and then once I got to level cap, it was so buggy and broken at that point that it's and I know it's not a, a fair judge of it, but it was so buggy and broken once I hit level cap that like anything I did outside of level cap, I was just like, I don't, I don't this ain't fun. I don't want to play this anymore, and and I put the division one down until they fixed it. Well, the problem was is you didn't have anything to do besides Dark Zone, which was so, broken as hell. Well, not only well, it was broken, but at the same time, it was just there were a ton of like Dark Zone is PvP. Everything you did before that was PVE. Mm-hmm. So you got forced into PVP, which was just like go in there and try to find gear, and then you had to get it out of there before someone else killed you and took your gear. But there was always somebody that was better than you. And it was like some people thrived in there and loved that concept. Other people loved the PVE side of it. So when they got to the end game and there was no more PVE to play, that upset them, like me. And there was no raids. There were no strikes. There were there was nothing. I could rerun a mission, but it was pointless. It was I wasn't getting anything out of it to benefit me. So yeah, they fixed those things by by breaking the game even worse first. Okay, they they killed the game practically. Right. Then they fixed it, and they really have done a good job. And then last, I'd say. I don't know, eight months of Division where it really has, they've brought back a, a strong, you know, more players are playing Division 1 now than they did at launch. And that's that's a good sign, especially after the huge drop-off they had when they really yep. broke the game. But yeah, they fixed it, or they didn't fix it here, they kept it going here. Yep. And now you get what are called specializations, which you get to choose the one of three ways that you want to build your character out, and that can either be like a shooter specialization, which is like sniper rifles and, and distance guns, heavy weapons, which is like grenade launchers and stuff like that, and then survivalist, which is like crossbows and more silent type weapons. And you can literally build your character out to specialize in those things, which give you different perks, which will in turn help you in the raids because having specific characters with specific specializations in certain parts of the raid is going to benefit your team more. So, essentially, 
Division 2 did everything that I wanted Destiny to do, all right? I played Destiny since day one, and Destiny 1 came out, and towards the end of Destiny 1, we put a shit ton of time into it, and it was actually decent. They kind of brought it back to life after they had a big problem well, with it. it with the Taken King. And then we were okay with Destiny 1. Then when Destiny 2 rolled out, they took away half the shit that you could do, and there was nothing new to the game. Whereas the Division 2... Is the everything that is at the end of Division One, and you go log in, you play right now. Everything that's in Division One, you could play in the Division Two and more, which is what Destiny Two should have done. Well, I mean, the raids alone, like, is something interesting because, like, uh, you know, um, playing Destiny Two, you have three people in a squad when you go do a lot of things, and unless you're playing PvP, then you can get four. And and in the old, it was six, but then it was four here. Now they're adding six back, but nonetheless. Uh, and then if you jump to the raid, it was six, right? You j- it's like changing all over the place. So in Division One, yeah, you could do raids. Eventually, they added raids, and it was four people. Now it's eight. You're gonna do raids with eight people, and that you know that was exciting. I was like, oh man, it's cool! I can't wait to give this a try. So uh, it looks great, and Ubisoft's done a good job. It, it looks like they've learned from their own mistakes and their own success, and and also looks like they probably were paying attention to what was going on in in the industry around these types of games, and realizing Bungie's not doing anything right now to help themselves, and you know we don't want to follow that road. Yeah. So good, good job to them. Good job to Ubisoft. Uh, we did get to see Star Fox making his appearance in, uh, or sorry, Nintendo's next team up with Ubisoft because we got Mario Rabbids last year um, and this year we're getting Star Fox being put into what is it called oh man the name just slipped my mind um you have anything to say about Ubisoft while I figure this out no the only thing that I could say uh just circling back to Division 2 if I have to have one small little gripe with it is that the first division took place in New York, so I kind of wanted to go somewhere a little more unique and different. So, like, I would have been, like, super cool with them putting it in, like, maybe, like, a jungle setting or even across the pond in, like, Europe, like, Paris or London or something cool like that. And it's kind of like Washington, D.C. And although I think that's a cool platform and a cool play, like, area, I just hope the story's not super political. <laughs> well, I mean... Okay, so first of all, like, there's been a lot of talk about this. It's like, um, the director's like, the game wasn't meant to have a political charge to it. And everyone's like, yeah, bullshit, yeah, you you meant to have a political charge here. You're trying to make, you know, say a statement or whatever. And it's like, guys, it's a video game, okay? (laughs) Right, right. A virus broke out in America. And the reason why I'm 100% okay with it being here is because I don't know if that virus, what, what the virus has done to the other, you know, areas of the world so right now we're focused on the division which is a squad of elite you know people that were built from a, from america so going to europe to me it's like well did you fix america no because that's your primary goal so stay in america fix your shit and then you can worry about everybody else so like i, I know there's not a, a european division I don't need to follow the European division because if you finish the New York division, you still kind of want to know more about what's happening with this virus in your country. So, like, going to D.C., the capital, 
means that maybe we're going to get a resolution here at the end of this game. Maybe we're going to get some actual solid answers or some or a cure or something like that. I don't know. I mean, like for the people that are dead, no cure, but whatever. The the thing the thing about it is it's a cool setting to me because it is very different than New York. It's, you know, it's it's yes yes you have uh, you can have city esque design to it. But Washington D.C. is a very different, you know, structure and and, and design than um, you know the New York City for you know very very much so. And we saw that in some of these open you know fields and some of these some of these things. So who knows? Like, are we going to be able to you know, or are we going to have missions, and everything fighting around the Washington Monument and all these other and all the other monuments that are in there? Are we going to be able to see all that? The game looks huge. The map's going to be big. So you know, where is the dark zone going to be held this time around? Like, how crazy would that be if it was the you know if it was the mall? You know, the, the giant yard. Um, and it doesn't make any sense. It wouldn't be because it's wide open there. But the mall would be like that the crazy uh, you know field with the reflecting pond and and you know and Lincoln Memorial and all that stuff. That whole area. If it's in the game, would be insane to sit there and say we're you know we're in this condemned like for us that's like when I go there right and I've been I've been there to visit it's like jaw dropping and super emotional and just like it's a really cool experience now now we're potentially going to be in a video game where we're fucking firing guns back and forth trying to like trying to survive and trying to like you know whatever um, save save America. Well, people are blowing up monuments that, for us, we could never picture not being there. Right. So I think it's a. I understand why people are like politically charged by it, but like, get out of here, man! This game's been in development for how long? So all these people are like, "Oh, you're just doing this because you think Trump's Trump's driving the country into the ground." It's like this game was being developed before Trump was even announced in the running of president. Okay, <laughs> so right. calm down. It, like, people just want to find something and just drive it, uh, you know, into the ground until until like. With every dying breath, and I'm just, I'm tired of it. It's a video game. It's a Tom Clancy video game. So guess what? Go back and look at every Tom Clancy video game. It's a conspiracy. It's a government conspiracy. It's a virus. It's a, like, it's always political, people, because it's an <laughs> army game, and army, you know, and, and fucking Navy and who, whatever it's focusing on, guess what it's directly tied to? The government. Okay, so chill the fuck out. Enjoy the game if you want to enjoy it. Stay away from it if you want to stay away from it. And let's just enjoy the fact that we can play video games and have fun. But yeah, I like the setting. It's going to get some, it's going to get some, uh, you know, kickback, just like Far Cry 5 did. But guess what? Far Cry 5 came out and everybody was fine. They didn't, you know, nothing happened. People played it. They enjoyed it. The other people didn't, and they lived. So there you go. Or did they? Well, I guess I don't know. But still, the game looks fantastic. Ubisoft's done a good job so far. I want to find out more because I feel like Division, yeah, they told us more, but I still feel like we sit and say, you could do everything you could in Division 1. It's like, well, we actually don't know that. But we're assuming it because we're seeing a lot of things, and they were like, cool, cool, cool. And then we saw a couple new things. We're like, yes. But we don't technically know. Like, is there a dark zone? Yeah, I, I, guess, I don't I guess know. They don't come out and say it, right? But so, they're also not Bungie, so 
you got there's a there's an advantage for him right there. <laughs> so, um, by the way, that Ubisoft game I was talking about with Star Fox is called Starlink, uh, Battle for Atlas, and that's a game that we did see the previous year, but now this year they showed. Uh, Star Fox being in it, and that's the the collaboration with Nintendo and Ubisoft this time around. So looks like they're happy with each other. They enjoy working with each other, so they're doing it again. That's cool. Yep. Uh, all right. After Ubisoft, we had um, well, this is where things go downhill. We had Sony. Uh. Yeah. Sony's presentation might have been the worst presentation I have ever seen at an E3. I agree. Now, let's just, let's before we get all these people be like, delete this podcast, these people are stupid, I hate them, blah, blah, blah. Listen, Sony fanboys, okay? The games looked great. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with the games. Yep, every single one of them. The problem is, if I was a developer... And I had given Sony the ability to display my game first, a world premiere, being being me, being me as an exclusive developer or not, I would have threw up in my mouth, ate it, and then threw up again because that's how bad it was. It was... I, I don't know what they were trying to do. I mean, it was just a disaster. It was a mess. And so they only showed off a handful of games, and they were... All exclusives, I believe. Oh, no, there's a couple that weren't. A couple that were not exclusives. Uh, Kingdom Hearts in there. And uh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil. But, the, but like, majority were, were first parties. You had Last of Us 2. You had Ghost of... Um, Tish, uh, is it Tashima? Tashima. Yeah. We had um, Spider-Man. Is, is that it? We had something else, didn't we? Ooh. Neo 2, Death Stranding. Death Stranding, that's your other exclusive. Neo 2. I don't know if Neo 2 is exclusive. Neo 1. I don't think it was. Was exclusive? Yeah. We'll have to check that one out. But anyways, you had a lot of exclusives, and you started off with The Last of Us 2, and I thought that was ballsy. I really thought you were going to save Last of Us 2 for the end, but you started off, and all of a sudden, it's weird. The show kicks off, and you're inside a tent. This, like, giant tent. I'm like... Is Sony doing their presentation in a tent? And sure enough, they're like, it's a church tent. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, it's got a decently large screen. And I'm just like, this is really weird. And, a, you know, they get, a ban- they get a banjo player going. And he's just sitting up there playing banjo. Nothing else is happening. And, yeah, it's Last of Us 2 music. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? Well, that's when the banjo player ends. And the the lights go down and the screen kicks on and sure enough the beginning of the trailer of Last of Us Two starts and they're in the same tent. And I'm like, okay, now I get it. This tent is the tent in the game. So the people you're, you're standing right where you know the right where the char- these characters in the trailer are standing. Got it. And the message was, you know, we're trying to do something more like. Where you're in, you, you feel like you're in the scene. You feel like you know you're in the game type deal. Okay, I get what you're trying to do. Still weird. Trailers going super cool for the people there that are getting the experience. For the all maybe other millions and millions of people that are watching at home on a screen with uh, horrible lighting, a terrible camera angle, and uh, not knowing what the hell's going on. Awful. Yeah, 
On top of the fact that you have a major audio issue going on the first 23 minutes of your show where there's static and popping going through everything, including your brand new Last of Us 2 trailer. Mm -hmm. So we go through this trailer. It's a fantastic trailer. I I have never been so stressed out (laughs) watching a trailer. Now I know these. I know Last of Us is stressful. I know games that are many games that are stressful when you play them. This trailer was stressful. I was like, God, I can't keep watching this. This is too much. But it was really well done, you know. And it ends, and that's when things get even stranger. They're like, Okay, we're gonna cut to our booth, and uh, we'll be right back. And that's when you start seeing a bunch of the people getting up, and it cuts to this booth outside. With more audio issues, and it's like the wind's blowing, <laughs> blowing parts of their booth around, and you're like, "What is this? Like, who, like this is so like put together by like, I don't know, not Sony." Yeah, it looks like they put it together in about two hours before yeah. the show, and that's when you find out that we're sitting out here listening to people like, "Um, so uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, we can uh, show this trailer for like they did. They didn't even know what they like. This isn't scripted. You don't know what to say, and that's uh, that's when we find out the reason this is is it's a delay so that they can move all the people that were in that tent into the actual theater that they're gonna do the rest of their presentation in. And I'm like, oh yep. my god! And we wait for f- 15 minutes. 15 minutes almost we wait for for them to move these people get them situated in the, in the actual theater so they can restart their presentation to show the rest of their presentation i'm like listen if you want to do a cool experience for last of us 2 fans then have a last of us 2 special like event on the side don't don't create all this disconnect and just mess so that by trying to move hundreds of people, maybe more than that, because the tent was big, but it wasn't that big. So it wasn't like everybody that was at the presentation got to also experience The Last of Us. But it was a big tent. So you had to move all those people in. And it just created a huge delay that kind of just took people out of the experience. Mm-hmm. And then when you get back to the theater, you just start, you start back up with this whole like dude with a flute just sitting up there... F- Playing music with like wheat behind him flowing on the screen. And then he ends and he walks off and we go into the next game, which is Ghost of uh, Shishuma. Shishuma. So I'm like, all right, are we going to do this for every game? At least there was wheat flowing on the back screen for, for right, this banjo, game. Banjo, there's nothing. And the, for the banjo yeah. guy, there was just a wall. Yeah. Like there was nothing. But he was in a tent and there wasn't a whole lot they could do. I mean, I guess they could put something on that screen, but still. Um, so then it cuts into this game, and this particular trailer wasn't as good for me. Like I was excited about this game last year when they when they debuted it, but this time around I was just like, I don't know. The mechanics seem clunky, and the gameplay seems repetitive, and I'm just not, you know, I'm not against Samurais. I like Samurais, but for some reason I just don't feel like I want to play this game. Right. And it didn't get any better from for the rest of the rest no, of the way. They kept showing like little snippets of these dream trailers for five seconds. That By dream led trailers, to you mean the game Dreams, right? Which we haven't seen anything, anything about. But we had heard like when you guys see it's gonna blow your mind. And so there's these little clips of it that you were saying. Yeah, and we're like, oh, well, this is clearly it's in between every main trailer. We're getting these clips. Got to be something coming up. Yep, nothing. 
Nothing. Nothing. We got four mini clips that really showed us nothing that led to nothing. Yeah. <sighs> we finish off with Spider-Man, which was great. But once again, I'm going to say overall lackluster trailer for and gameplay for it coming out this year. Like, I expected a little bit more out of it. I don't know if I expected more out of it. I mean... I think I've seen enough Spider-Man. I'm already going to buy the game. I just, for me, I was like, okay. The, the only thing they did well was the cinematic cuts that they gave you during the gameplay did kind of set you up to understand, well, not to understand, but to leave you on an edge of Spider-Man's surprise that who he saw is in charge of all of this. Right. Or, or the cause of all this. And so, you know, a lot, and speculation is Doc Ock and stuff like that, but still, like, it, it played out a good, like, gave you a teaser, left you on the ledge for September. Right. But then they didn't even bother to remind people that it comes out no, in September. September. Yeah. There was no dates. There was no dates for anything, pretty much, at Sony. We got, like, years and stuff like that here and there. But, like, yep. Last of Us 2 didn't get a date. Death Stranding didn't get a date. Like, Death Stranding left me questioning whether I want to still play video games. That was just the weirdest, strangest trailer, and I know Kojima's a big name, but honestly, I have no idea what's going on in a man's head. It scares me a little bit. Probably still play this game, but I'm like, I like all the people that are like, take my money now, and I'm like, for what? You don't even know what you're buying. Uh, Yep, I have no clue. Here's a bag of white powder. Here, shove this up your nose. What is it? I don't know. Do it anyways. Okay. Like, I don't understand. I mean, you can be excited about it because it was really weird and maybe you like sci-fi stuff and all this stuff, but like, don't sit there and be like, take all my money. Like, no. Until we actually see something other than Norman Reedus carrying boxes on his back around vacant land, we need, okay, we need more before you can sit there and be like, oh my God, greatest game ever. So needless to say, Sony's presentation, hot garbage. It was terrible. It was it was god awful. So let's just keep I on moving. I texted you on the way home from the studio that said, I feel like I'm going to, I legit felt like I was going to cry because I'm a giant Sony fanboy and I was legit upset at that performance. I, I was distraught. I was really like, like I was so pumped up. I thought it was going to be like, you know, normal, like in the past recent years, Sony has been the one dominating, so I was like, here it is. This is going to be our big night. This is the big night for for all the coverage that we're doing. And whoa, I was wrong. So then we move into the next day, and we get Nintendo, and you know, Nintendo does things different. They do a direct, right? Yep. So it's, uh, you know, it's pre-recorded. It's, you know, they, they kind of tell you ahead, like, hey, we're going to spend a lot of time on Smash, and so, you know, just be, aware, just be ready for that. We're really focusing on this game. And you know, uh, Nintendo came out and they just—I don't like—they weren't Sony. They didn't just bomb the bomb all over the place and just throw up on themselves. But I would say Nintendo just fell flat. They Nintendoed it. They, I, they just I honestly fell don't. Flat. I honestly don't think. And this is just me. This is my personal opinion. So no, nobody like attack. You know, Grimlock, stab Jazzy Grimlock here. I don't really think Nintendo takes E3 seriously at all. They, well, they don't have to because of the because of the way that so yeah, Nintendo doesn't need E3, right? right? Like they they have Nintendo Direct, they do it multiple times a year, so E3 is not necessarily that important. But I found it interesting that report that interviews came out afterwards from Nintendo sta- stating things like, "Well, you see, 
the Switch was new last year. And so we had, you know, we had to really like do something that we don't normally do, and that is talk about games that maybe aren't ready to be talked about. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, um, we're gonna create a bunch of excitement around, you know, Metroid Prime in development and things like that, where we don't, we we've never done that. We don't talk about a game until we believe it's ready to be talked about. And and you know, he goes, and we went back to that tradition this year. And so, like, to me, I'm like, all right, listen, I know that you're trying to give a, a reason why this is happening, but you basically said to me that you wanted to sucker people in to buy your system by, like, creating hype around shit that's not ready so that they buy your system and feel confident in it. And then this year you come back and you don't do that because you already got them on the hook. Like, that's kind of right. how you come off. Now, again, you're talking about Smash Brothers. You know, you, 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 there are games coming out, so you shouldn't be worried about the Switch. But I thought that answer was kind of like, man, you should be careful because the the people that don't like you, the people that aren't Nintendo fans, are going to manipulate the shit out of that comment. And yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get Grimlock, all right? They're gonna toss that that fishing lure of of Metroid into the water, and you're gonna grab it, and then they're gonna reel you in. They're gonna take you off the hook, and they're gonna go. Just kidding, it's not ready yet. Ha ha, and they're going to throw you back in the lake, and then you're going to be like, I'm never going to eat another lure again. And then they're going to throw that same fucking lure in the water, and you're going to eat it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true, especially if it's Metroid. But, um, you know, that that Nintendo came out, and, I mean, they showed, obviously, a lot of the stuff that, that they were going to talk about kind of got leaked, so we knew we had a feeling Fortnite was coming. Guess what we got? Fortnite on the Switch. Yep. What we didn't know is we were going to get it that same day. Like, literally, by the time the show was over, Fortnite was on the eShop. So, very cool. It runs well. I'm happy. But, you know, like, a lot of those things, it was like, okay, we, we expect it. Uh, Overcooked 2 was a, was a nice was a nice announcement. Yeah. But, again, on an indie-level game. And um, I really like the mechanics that they um, showed off at Super Mario Party. That with was, the patents yeah. that we got showing that the switch screens can be connected and then yeah. made into like a map almost. But Super Mario Party was would be the big announcement. You know, that's the return, which looks like return to form for Mario Party is where we're maybe getting back to what we loved about Mario Party. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that the the new technology with the with the wireless syncing of screens is a really cool idea. But they showed it literally for about two seconds and and have left us wondering. About it as far as like what what happens if I have four screens? Right. How many? How you know? How, what 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 other modes uh, of this game are going to support it? What other games are going to start supporting this? You know, it, it really starts to create questions. And of course, with Nintendo, you don't necessarily get quick answers about anything from them. So, get answers, yeah. Versus, we're going to get Mario Super Mario Party, and then we're just going to try it. Yeah, <laughs> and it was nice to find out we're getting Super Mario Party in like October. So like that was cool. Um, and then they announced, or they showed off the new Fire Emblem game that I, I've never played a Fire Emblem game. I don't necessarily plan on playing a Fire Emblem game, but this trailer was that was good enough where I'm like, okay, maybe this is the first Fire Emblem game I play. Right. And of course, uh, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 got announced, which it, it, for a lot of our Xeno Chronicle, Xenoblade Chronicle fans, the um, you know that looked really cool with uh, another, you know, not too far off release date. So, yep. you know, those were, th that was about it. Like, they had a highlight reel of a bunch of other games, but, like, it's not, like, like you know, um, um, oh, my God. My mind just went blank. What's the Toad game that, like, I love and I, and 
um, Captain Toad. Wow. <laughs> I was like, that's going to drive me crazy. But anyways, like, you know, we got to see things like Captain Toad and, and those types of games were like, well, we knew those were coming out and this is just a reminder. And again, it right. was like a like a hype reel trailer of a bunch of games. And we're like, all right, cool. And then it was literally, what, 35, 40 minutes of Smash Bros. Yeah. Lots and lots Super of Smash Super Bros. Smash Bros. And the game looks good. It doesn't look much better. Uh, than, let's say, the Wii U version. But that is because we found out it's going to run 60 frames a second, 1080, handheld or docked. So that's actually really cool because a lot of games we've, you know, we've come to get used to the fact that when we run a handheld, we're going to lose frame rate or we're going to lose quality right. resolution. So they've done a lot of, you know, optimizing to get that game to be able to support both ways. And then they drop on us that every character that's ever been in Smash Bros., will be in this game, and they're calling it Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yep. So, very cool, but then they go in, like, this is where it gets weird, and I feel like this would be more of a treehouse thing, and you could have had a lot of time to talk about Nintendo Online, to talk about Nintendo Online, to talk about Nintendo Online <laughs> or anything else like Metroid Prime 4, you sons of bitches. But instead, they went over every character and how they've changed them. Basically, yeah. a nerf or buff like session for every character that's been affected. And yeah. I'm like, I Which don't all of them. care. I do not care. I am not. The person, and that's the problem, right? Is that you know what your Smash Brother, your Smash Bro fans, were were happy watching that because they because yeah. they wanted to know it. it but up. but there are plenty of people that don't give a shit about that game, or they play that game and just don't. But they're not hardcore into that game. That really got bored at that point, and that's where I felt felt like their direct really took a dive. It was like this should have been a Nintendo Treehouse session, and you should have talked about a few other things that everyone's waiting to hear you talk about, especially considering Nintendo Online comes out this September. Right. We'll have a direct for that, though. Don't worry. That's true. They do generally have a direct, like, not long after E3, which is probably, you're right, they'll probably focus heavily on that, but still, I was just kind of shocked by it. You know, we did get some, we did get confirmed that Snake's coming back. You know, from from Metal Gear, um, we did find out that Ridley from Metroid is coming back. That you know, so I even though I didn't get Metro Prime Four, I did get some Metroid surprise. Um, so I'm happy about that. It, it does drive me to be like, I yeah, want to play. Become a Ridley main. Now. I want to play this. Well, it just means I have another main. You know, like my problem is that once I break away from Samus, my um, my Smash um, game goes downhill real fast. So <laughs> yeah. at least I have another character that I'm like, I have to be good with this character because it is Metroid-based and I need to, I need it. So it was just good. Like, it was just flat. It was it was average, you know? Like, whatever. You, you, you passed. You, you're abo slightly above average, but overall, like, no, you're B, B minus. Like, whatever. I think yeah. that's what I graded it in our other show that it you can listen to. It was very Nintendo. Yeah. I, and the, I think the tough part is that it wasn't very Nintendo when you compare them to last year, and and that's right. and and you no know, and you could go back down the the track record and be like, well, you shouldn't just compare them to one year. It's like right, but I compare I generally look at things in the sense of what did they do last year, what are they doing this year, 
because I'm looking at progression. Are they heading in the same direction? Are they still, you know, in, you know, uh, increasing or decreasing as far as success? And like, you know, where I'm looking at Xbox, I'm like, man, they really ramped it up again. And where I'm looking at PlayStation, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Nintendo just kind of was like, it was a decline, but it was just kind of like, oh, we're back to, you know, the good old no- Nintendo. The good old Nintendo, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, so... That those were those were the main shows, right? Those right. Are the, those are the big three. The big three was in there, and then we also talked about the the major developers that um, you know, that were in there. I think that we actually completely skipped over Bethesda, didn't we? Completely. Oops. Fallout seventy six. That's what they gave us a teaser trailer at the end for yeah. Elder Scrolls six and um, yeah, Star Starfield. Uh, Starfield. Yeah. So. And Elder Scrolls, yeah, the Elder Scrolls Six after that, right? the The big thing here is the first thirty minutes of the show was garbage, absolute trash. Then you had Fallout seventy six, which was kind of like I like it, but I'm concerned. Then you had the tail end where they're like, we know that we don't have a lot here, and that we told you this is going to be the best show ever. So here's a two second trailer for Starfield, which was literally just a logo, and then with a pretty backdrop. And then a 10-second trailer for Elder Scrolls Six, which was just, again, a title head. Well, it just zoomed around well, a pan down a into land. a valley. A land. By a land. Yeah, just, just, city just generic yeah. land. So... They did what Nintendo says they what Nintendo said they weren't going to do this year is that they they talked about things that aren't they're nowhere near ready. We're not going to see them, you know, in the near future. And so why bring it up? Well, they did. And Fallout seventy six is very interesting because it is an online game, and 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 that's the first time for the franchise. And it scared a lot of the Fallout fans that are that all they want is that single player sandbox, you know, adventure RPG. And that's not what this technically is anymore. Right. So they're worried that it, it shifts what this game is a bit. Only time will tell. But again, for all the people out there, they're like, but I liked Bethesda's presentation. No, you didn't. The Bethesda's presentation was awkward, messy, just janky. You liked the games. I like so, the Amazon commercial that Key did. That was the only thing. <laughs> and that's because, they, because Amazon really, like, listen. That had nothing, very little to do with Bethesda. That had everything to do with the fact that they had some really good, talented people putting a commercial together slash some actors, comedians that know what they're doing. Right. When it went back to the stage, it was still a fucking mess until Todd got on the stage. Yeah. Here's Here's a tip for you, Bethesda. Just put Todd on the stage from the beginning to the end and don't (laughs) let anyone else talk. Because he knows how to talk to people. I guess Pete did okay. Big big groups of people. He's still boring. Like, to me, Pete was boring. Like, Todd gets on the stage and he cracks a joke. He he commands... Here's the difference. Pete goes up and talks on stage. Todd commands the stage, right? He makes you listen to him. Well, Todd's an image, too. Like, when you think Bethesda, you think Todd Howard. Like, Mm -hmm. it just happens. You know, it's the same thing as Reggie. It's the same thing as uh, Phil Spencer. Like, that's just who they are. And when you have that type of icon, you need to use that icon for your advantage. So, I don't know. Um, There we go. We fit Bethesda in there because we forgot. All right. Let's rank, okay? Okay. Are we just ranking the big three? Is that what we're doing? Now, before we rank them, I'm going to basically go off of like how I made my rankings. 
And I basically break the presentations down into four things, okay? The games and or products, right? They got to be good and how they present them. Like, just if you bring trash and a bunch of trash, I'm not going to care about your presentation. The reveal, how we are getting something and or when we are getting something. So if you're bringing a bunch of old shit and not giving me dates or you're bringing a bunch of, uh, like, new stuff with dates, like, that all, the the, the awe, shock and awe factor, huge. Fan support, like, what are you doing to help the people who are basically paying your paycheck? Like, you know, we buy these games and you make money off them. What, what are you doing to help support us? And then the overall presentation. Like I said, with Todd Howard being a perfect example, like, you have to command the stage. Like, if you get a bunch of people in a room and you bore them to either mind or they're not paying attention to you, you're not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Or if you don't put anyone on stage and you just keep showing clips, that's <laughs> right. called a movie. Yep. So those are the four things that I kind of judge what my my personal like uh, ranking system for a good presentation. Okay, and we're ranking the big just the three. We could do the big three. Okay, so we're ranking uh, the 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 actual Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo. Sounds good. Go ahead, Jazzy. Tell you you just explained your parameters, so we're gonna let Perfect. you talk them with talk these yours. parameters. This is the order I put them in. It hurts me to say this because I am a Sony fanboy for life, and I'm not giving up on my system. But that night made me want to. Sony's coming in last because it was god awful. I believe I gave them a D minus minus ranking in the podcasts. <laughs> then it's gonna come Nintendo because. They did what Nintendo does. They showed us some stuff. Some of it was new and cool. Some of it was Smash, which is new, I guess, to some people. But I don't really Smash, so not that cool to me. I got really bored with it. Um, but Microsoft, they're going in my number one spot. I never imagined coming into 50-plus games. Never imagined them actually buying up studios to basically increase the amount of in-house uh, developers that they have. I never believed that I'd get 18 exclusives out of Microsoft that are true exclusives and not like little bitty indie games. Like, oh, I got this little indie Tetris game that's an exclusive. Like, no, come on, Microsoft, you're stretching. Like, these are legit 18 exclusives. And then um, just their overall presence, just like stage presence. They brought the right people out that they need to bring out. Everybody they brought on stage knew how to talk. I thought that their layout was super cool with having all of the different uh, setups with their new controller systems at each one of the uh, the uh, little cubicles that they had with the Xboxes set up. Like, just overall sleek presentation, and they definitely deserve my win for this E3. All right, my rankings are based off of this. You're at a convention. You're at a show. Put on a fun show. Put on a useful show. I expect the big three to all bring games to the table that make them deserve to be in the big three. So I'm not sitting here expecting, you know, wondering, are your games going to suck or not? Because I'm already in the fact that matters like, Last of Us 2 is going to be good. Spider-Man is going to be good. Almost anything Mario is going to be good. And God damn it, if you're putting out Gears and you're putting out Forza and even Halo, as much as I didn't enjoy the, the last one, they're still really good. So with that being said, how do you sell it to me? 
How do you present something where I go, wow, I can't wait for that. Here's my money six to eight months in advance. Okay. Starting in third place, guess what? It's Sony because you shit the bed. Again, well, not a, yeah, actually, you know what? Again, because you've been up and down this whole generation. And I, I didn't think you could get any worse than your PS4 Pro presentation, but you did right here. <laughs> Absolutely. And you set a new benchmark for me as far as like right now, anybody that has a bad presentation, I judge it based off of this year's Sony presentation. How bad was it? Was it as bad as 2018 Sony? Nope. Okay, cool. You pass. <laughs> Because the definition of failure is Sony 2018 presentation. Okay. Following it up with the people that just coasted, in my opinion, they just they just kind of, you know, they know their numbers are good. They know they already showed off Pokemon. They know that everyone knows about Smash Bros. Because, again, they showed that off. They brought everything kind of out early and sprinkled it along the way. And so today, so then at presentation, they didn't have any wow factor. They didn't have that, like, freak out moment and i know hardcore sony fans are like but but snakes back i don't care i don't care about and, and here you go people are gonna be mad at me i don't care about metal gear and i also don't care about smash so when i don't care about either game i don't give a shit about that announcement you know what would have been better if we would have found out that smash was a thing at the convention Instead of three weeks before, and then we're going to talk about it more at the convention. I hated this year with the whole early release crap and just be like, well, we're going to give you just a little taste and then we'll talk to you in three weeks. No, dumb. Anyways, you get second place. You didn't, you didn't come out. You didn't bring Metroid Prime 4. You didn't bring those games that you talked about last year. And you even put the words in development underneath them. And to me, that's just, it's weird. It's the same reason why I, I knocked other companies like, where the hell was Final Fantasy VII Remake? You talked about it last year. Anyways, yeah. number one, the winner, matching with Jazzy, Xbox came out and wowed me. They basically made me such a fan and so proud that I own an Xbox One X and an Xbox One S. I, was, I walked away from this E3 going like, hmm. I think a lot of the third-party games I'm going to buy on my Xbox. That's the that's what a good presentation does for you. I have primarily bought all my games on PlayStation. After this year, you now have locked in almost, uh, almost a full year short of Sony wowing me at PlayStation Experience, which, again, they've never had a PlayStation Experience that's been anything crazy special. So unless they're pulling out all the stops this year, I doubt that's going to happen. So you've basically locked in a year of me going like, yeah, I want to buy it on Xbox first. And then deciding if I'm going to buy it on something else. Short of it obviously being an exclusive. So, Division 2. I'm really leaning towards Xbox because I have an Xbox One X. It already was a more powerful system but now it's also a more just, it just looks better. I just look at it and I go, man, I'm glad I have that. Right. Man, there's a lot of future here. You know, like, I'm looking forward to what's coming out. So, I don't know, like, you just, Phil Spencer is doing everything right. And clearly Microsoft noticed that this year, when earlier this year, they made the Xbox brand its own department. 
it doesn't answer to anyone besides the CEO. Now, Phil is his own boss besides like the main wig at Microsoft. And that has freed Xbox away from PC and away from this chain of command that you had to go through to make things happen. And because it's freed it up, we are seeing all store all sorts of just innovative ideas. This access controller for you know people with disabilities being able to play video games. This is something that is really out there and super cool. But it's not, I don't think it's going to make them. You know they didn't make that to make a ton of money. They made that because they're trying to open doors to gamers that maybe struggle to play on console platforms because they need special controllers that aren't compatible with an Xbox or a PlayStation or anything else, Mm -hmm. you know, short of a PC. So it is just very wise and very innovative, and I love that, that forward thinking that we're seeing. On top of them saying, we're busy working on the new Xbox consoles. Phil came out and said that word for word. And he said consoles, plural. Now that could just mean multiple generations of Xbox. Or it could mean that, hey, in 2020, we might see a new Xbox. We'll just call it Xbox 2 right now. And a nice little companion that is a portable, handheld, Switch-like device that works with it. Or he could have misspoke. Yeah, I don't know. But no one really (laughs) misspoke during this convention. So... Anyways, they dominated. They showed off so much cool stuff. They, sh- they showed me games that I normally wouldn't care about that I'm going to buy now. Right. I would not be a day one Forza Horizon 4 uh, purchase person. Wouldn't do it. I will be now because they, they showed me why. Mm-hmm. Tunic. Game I have no idea what it was. I'm a day one buyer on that. You know, like... Obviously, Gears is, ob- is, is obvious. Halo's obvious. But it was these in-between games that were just like, wow, wow, wow. And I can play it on my Xbox One X. And I can play it in 4K and HDR on the most powerful console that exists right now. Yes. Oh, and I can get it on Game Pass so I don't have to buy the that game? too, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I was just super impressed with Xbox. They, they killed it. I think the grades for me were like A minus and do uh, Nintendo with a B minus, and I gave a solid F to Sony because they just F'd it hard. Um, and that's it. That's our rankings, you know, for E3's big three. Now we still want to cover the you know the show, the, the award of you know company or game or you know just moments of the show. What what made E3 for you? We're gonna cover that. But we want to hear your grades. We want to hear your your rankings, your thoughts, and you can do that on Discord. So go to GameZillaMedia.com, click on that Discord button right on the bottom of the page, join the Discord. It is free. Come talk with gamers from around the world every day, and let's jump in PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo chats, and you tell us why your company won E3 this year. Let's have some fun, healthy, friendly debates. But... Now it's time to get in to the moment, the game, the re- what made E3 2018 for Jazzy Fiddle. Can I split it into game and moment because they're separate? Man, you want more time? This is supposed to be an hour show. Okay, I'll do it qu- quick. Over. I'll do it quick. My game going into E3 was Anthem. It coming out of E3, it's Division Two. It's got everything that I wanted in Destiny Two, and I hope to God that it. It gives me all everything that it says it's going to give me. 
I wrote a blog about it. You can go to GameZillaMedia.com and read the blog about why I think The Division 2 is the game of the show. However, my moment of the show, and it's so stupid, but I can honestly tell you it's been stuck in my head since it freaking happened, and that is Tiny Build's stupid-ass greatest game in the world song that they (laughs) created. I freaking loved it. It was just a clever way for them to like basically say, hey, we're creating this new game, and at the end they reveal what the game is, and that was Secret Neighbor, which looks super fun, Yeah, but the whole, this is the greatest game in the world. Making fun of Battle Royale (laughs) and making fun of, yeah. I loved it. Absolutely loved that moment. Yeah, that was a good, that was good. (laughs) That was really good. I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed that. Um, so, you know, I um I went in really thinking Anthem was going to be my game and and that that nothing nothing was going to get in the way of that and Anthem really did impress me. I am no I am excited. I cannot wait for that game. But I can honestly say Xbox did it again when they came forward with so much content for Gears 5. And I have to give the I have to give the game that that stole E3 to me was Gears Five because I'm such a Gears fan and they gave me just enough story that I'm like I need to know what's happening. You can't <laughs> do this to me, yeah. you know. And other play, other companies tried to do the same thing with the idea of like leaving you know um, Spider Man on the edge of like who's he staring at saying this to, but. It just didn't resonate like like Gears Five did, where I was like, I need to play as Kate right now. I need to know what's going on. Is she gonna, you know, is, is she gonna? Are things gonna happen to her? I need to understand why the Phoenix, why the Phoenix son and son and father and son are being such dickheads. What's going on? You know, like I can't wait, and because of it, they have me on the edge of my seat, going like, "Oh my god, I have to wait a year. I have to wait a year. I have to wait a year." And I'm like, maybe if I just play all four games right now, I'll feel better. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so fantastic. That was that was uh, something really really cool. Um, I don't know if I have a moment. You know, E3 this year was a roller coaster. It was. It started off so positive to me, and then got and then just kind of stalled. Yeah, just just nosedived for yeah. me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a moment, unfortunately. Yeah. The but, whole E3, to be honest with you, is was very lackluster. Yeah, it's it started off so strong that we were like, oh man, because I said it. I said I think this is going to be a down year for E3, right. and then and then Xbox happened, and I was like, I might be wrong. I'm wrong. I'm real wrong. Right. Like, oh my god, like that was so good, and yet and we still have days left, and then it was like everything after. Yeah, that just kept getting I was worse shocked. and worse and worse. You know, I mean. In all honesty, my moment, and more of a shock, not like best moment, shock was Sony's presentation because the way it affected me after. I, 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 I was sick. I felt sick. I couldn't sleep. I woke up the next day exhausted, and I was like, damn it, man. That, that big of a disappointment from a company that I truly respect and care about Really up, really bummed me out, and that so like that's one thing I will always hold from this E3. So it has to be my moment, just in a negative way. Is what the hell happened? Yeah, it was awful. 
I went home and told Lauren, I was like, I hope you don't want those potatoes. She's like, how'd it go? But how'd it go? And I was like, awful. Worst presentation I've ever seen Sony build. Uh, I hope you didn't want those tots because I'm eating them all. <laughs> and I literally went downstairs and stuffed my face full of tater tots and watched the um, Cloverfield Paradox just oh, to yeah. like try to like... Well, your day really get did me, get bad. Get, yeah, get me not to think about it. And of course, and the Cloverfield Paradox is awful. And it was <laughs> it was it was a, a shining moment at the end of my day. That's how that's how bad Sony's presentation was. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, those are some of our picks and our and our just kind of an overall recap of E3. Just remember that uh, we covered a lot of E3 this year, the most ever. Yeah, we really tried to do what we've wanted to. We've wanted to do it for years, and we have a team around us. We have the equipment now. We have the ability to cover E3 in, in, a, in a much better way. So still please, stuff trickling in too. And there's so, still yeah, there's yeah, still stuff there's coming still out. Stuff like I know I'm still like, working on some projects yeah. too. We had uh, our hands are finally on cramp. We can continue yeah. writing. But the big thing I want to say is for everybody that's listening, there's a lot of people here at Gamezilla that put time in and, and you know and create this content. So please take a moment to go to gamezilla.com, sorry, gamezillamedia.com and go to the blog and listen to the podcast. And if you're in the, you know, if you're reading a blog, click that heart button or leave a comment at the bottom telling people like what you think or even just, hey, solid write-up. Thanks for the, you know, because these people put a lot of work in this week and I want to make sure that they understand how much it matters. Uh, you know, and I, and I can sit here and shout out everybody's name, but I mean, you all know a lot of them and even people that are, you know, maybe not a direct team member were writing blogs. I mean, my wife wrote a blog for God's sakes, yeah. something I never thought would happen. And it's really good. It's Super a really good great. blog because she was, because the passions there, we're all passionate about this. Yeah. It's why we sit here and we'll tell the truth, right? Like, I will sit here and tell you what I think of Sony, and unfortunately, Sony will listen to this, and they'll go, well, we're never going to sponsor these guys, and that's unfortunate, but I'm also not going to be that sellout. Like, like when someone disappoints me, when something is exciting to me, when whatever it is, that is how we act, and that is how we respond, yeah. and I think it's why our E3 coverage is some of the most genuine, some of, you know, and, and unique, and it's just not some, you know, paid ad that you're listening to yeah hey sony i've owned every system that you've put out and i've been a fanboy since day one and you effed up this you d3 did. for me you like did. i'm sorry i'm gonna call it like it is yeah. man <laughs> like yep but just make sure please support our team let them know you're there give them a shout out in the discord if you're part of the discord but you know leave that comment hit that heart you know that that heart icon, and, and give them some love. So many people put effort into the podcast, into the blogs. Into, we got some vlogs going on, you know. And um, yeah, I just wanted to personally thank everyone on the team and anyone else that got involved with our E3 coverage. You all did a fantastic job. I'm super proud uh, of the team. Yeah, and uh, the only way better to show love. Um Rather than leaving those give comments, us your money. is to go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media <laughs> and uh you know help help support the show. Well like like Grim said, we put a lot of time, we put a lot of effort into writing blogs and podcasting and and honestly what people don't realize is just a prep work. 
like yeah. from the from the documents that we had to put together so that we weren't trying to cross cover as much, uh, even though we did because Sony pisses off so much. That, but, that, that, <laughs> that, was, that needed to happen. That though. needed to happen for our own um, help. To, to calendar invites, to, to meetings and stuff like that. Like, we put a lot of time and effort into making sure that we can get all this content to you. So, yeah, and we want to put more. Us. And we want to put more in there, you know? So, that's that's the deal is that your support allows us to do more. Your support allows us to reach our goals, like our current goal where we're trying to move into our own official studio. Yeah. You know, so these are the goals and these are the growth. You know, we're trying to grow. We're trying to, you know, turn this into our job, our full-time job. If, if you know, if uh, that day comes, you are a huge factor. You are one of the reasons that happens. So thank you to everyone that has. And if you're looking for a way to get more involved with GameZilla, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. All right. And then just uh, f- you know, friendly reminder, uh, make sure to check out all the other podcasts. You got our, our mothership, the GameZilla podcast, weekly, every Monday night, live on twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media, where we cover the industry. Uh, you have Alpha here, which is uh, every Sunday. And if you're a patron, you get that early access. And then don't forget Legend of Retro. Maybe you like the old video games. Every Thursday, Legend of Retro, they just had their 100th episode release. Congratulations to them. Uh, they're doing a great job with, with that show, and I look forward to, to the next 100 episodes. Noobs and Dragons is our uh, our Dungeons and Dragons adventure, yeah. where a bunch of us that have no idea what we're doing try to traverse through the messed up mind, I was going to use a different word, the really messed up mind of Craig WK and his uh, entire universe he's built. So if you're looking for a fun story, then you want to join Tilly, Alistair, and Jandar as they try to figure out exactly what they're supposed to do. I don't know if we're saving the world or accidentally destroying it, but we're Could sure rolling a lot of ones <laughs> trying to do it. Yep. All right. Um, and if that's not enough action for you, we have the last action podcast that is releasing now on Mondays, which is LPJ and the Sphinx doing what? Oh, action movies. That's right. They've done Speed. They've done, I can, dude, I've listened to the Speed episode like three times now. It's good. I, I, it's like, good. I like it. So I like much. their format a lot. Yeah. I I was like, oh, let me see what these guys got going, and I was like. Damn you guys! I gotta listen to this again. <laughs> yeah, and then they did uh, Black Hawk Down, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's so they only got good. two episodes out there. Brand new. You need to give them love. You need to hit that subscribe button. Uh, help them grow. Help them get started here. We want to get them a nice a nice kickoff as they get going in their first couple episodes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for all the support during E3. We loved all the the feedback we got from you. You know, a lot of positive feedback about how we handled E3 this year. And we're gonna start, t- you know, we're gonna start right now, improving and figuring out how we can do a better job at next year's E3. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're actually going to play some video games again. We're going to <laughs> maybe get a little bit of sleep, and you know we're gonna recover and be ready for, to get back to our normally scheduled programs. But thank you everybody for hanging out with us during this this big time of the year. We'll see you next week, and until then, game, game on. on. Oh, and actually, by next week he meant next year because Alpha is only an E three show now, so. <laughs> No, I'm just playing. We'll be back next week. Not true. Not true.